This is JFM Podcast. Hello there. Good evening. Welcome to the program, Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM, your darling station. Today is the 22nd day in the month of July 2021. It is a big, big, I would say, we give thanks, you know, uh, for being alive and, of course, you know, for the country that we have. Good evening and how's it going? Uh, very good. Uh, well, good evening. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Welcome to your number one political show on radio. And really, it's been a very engaging week. Uh, today's Thursday. How fast uh, the week has gone. I mean, <laughs> every single day there's a new twist, there's a new plot, there's a new conversation, there's a new drama in quotes. Like I would always say, a friend of mine once tweeted that <laughs> the country should be on Netflix. Uh, it shows how dynamic we are as a people. The conversation of Sunday Bo's address arrest rather whether it's in Germany whether it's still in Benin Republic the former DG of um, Institute of International Affairs came out to say that the government cannot hand twist uh, the Benin government to release him so much uh, you know conversation around him and a lot of people have raised many questions as well uh, at what point you know do you justify what you're coming up with we're waiting for the position of the government uh, yet to get any standing position I think the last time the Inam the Kano's issue came up, uh, you know, we had to wait for the Attorney General of the Federation, Abubakar Kamalami, to come make the announcement about his arrest. And the conversation as regards where it was picked up, some said it was in South America, some said it's in, you know, Kenya, some said it's in Kibvaz, some said it's in Czech Republic, whatever it is. I just hope that the federal government is not leaving uh, the right, the, the main things to do behind and you know, moving out. And the bigger worry for us definitely had to be the cost of commodities in the markets. It's that really disturbing. Concern. I mean, you wake up every single day. My neighbor was telling me today that she wanted to go buy stuff for Salah and then she had to just come in and feed on her cereals for the period of the, of the break. And I just told myself things that people should manage to survive on, the basic of it. People can't go to the farms again. Every single day, farms are getting destroyed. It's not even about maybe cows, you know, going into your farm. It's about people just cutting down people's, you know, plants for no reason. And yeah, well, uh, these things should worry everyone. And there have been predictions that there will be food shortages, I think, uh, the next harvest season or even next year. And Nigeria has a growing population, aggressively growing population. I mean, we're growing exponentially. Um, that is estimates, you know, peg our population at a little above 200 million people. Mm. And these people need food every day to survive. We need water, for example. We need shelter. We need clothing. Uh, so, you know, for the criminal element perpetrating that, I saw pictures in uh, Meango, uh, that is in Basa local government, and even in Riom uh, local government. And we've invited a, um Amnesty International um, human rights activist to come and talk to us about this issue. Yesterday, I, I saw a statement put out by the uh, governor of Plateau State, you know, saying that uh, perpetrators will be brought to book. But oh. as to how or whether gov uh, people trust government, you know, in consistently making statement with that actions you know so that is what we'd like you to respond to for example well uh the controversy if you may the living faith church worldwide by the way it's registered as business because uh business is incorporated this inc uh, for example uh, so the news we got in fact is not rumor right now because even the uh Ogakpatapata of that you know church general you know, uh, the founder uh, put out a statement saying mm. that they can't tolerate, you know, uh, failures, you know, and things like that. And, well, I'm not so much of a Bible expert, but what <laughs> I know is that, you know, Jesus loved failures, and that's how he treated people who uh, society has kicked out. And, you know, so, again, I, I don't understand. Maybe it's business. And I always say that, you know, uh, uh, my friends and I, some friends and, you know, myself always share this opinion that uh, churches and, you know, mocks, any religious institution needs to be uh, taxed because, number one, if you look at most of the conflict, you know, uh, it emanates from the dangerous rhetoric, you know, uh, leaders from this uh, 
two institutions bring and it caused mayhem and havoc you know on public property on other people who don't you know have any religion they don't have any faith and for them life is uh, what it is and you know they bring so much hardship I was listening to uh, the Islamic cleric in Apo is uh, someone that I follow very very well uh, his name just you know skipped my mo- memory right now and he said that look he said really he was talking about Islam he said you know at the blocking of roads you know on Friday during the Jumat prayers you know he was saying that no uh, it is not just because other people would like to use that place and for me I kind of resonated you know with that kind of sermon and I, I think that people deserve to hear you know this you know truth if you may uh, but for the general overseer of uh, the Living Faith Church Worldwide, INC, I have to put that, uh, for him to come and say that he sacked 40 pastors uh, amidst this, you know, economic downturn and, you know, and he was hinging his argument that they've never failed, you know, they pay staff salary, they don't approach the banks for overdraft, you know, and whatnot, in as much as that is laudable. Um, but <coughs> the basic question that I learned when I was in, still in Sunday school, you know, my teacher used to, you know, ask us as kids, you know, to ask the WWJD question. What will what Jesus, will Jesus do? do? Yeah, so for me, the question is, what will Jesus do? You know, will Jesus say that, go away, you're not fruitful? Or would Jesus say, ah, we know that you're not doing too well and we think that we can support you, you know, uh, with so, 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 and so. I, know, I don't know if they've done, uh, but I know that Jesus will not give up on human beings. That is very, I know that. Well, to start with, uh, his eminent Bishop David Edipo is not Jesus. Uh, he's human like us. And even before Jesus could relate with us, he had to come in the form of human. He was born the way, well, maybe not directly the way all of us were born. But, uh, you know, I, I think for me, uh, religious issues like this are always ultimately very sensitive for me. Uh, I sometimes, as much as I don't like to keep quiet about it, I sometimes love to avoid it as much as I can. Even before, you you know, Bishop David Edipo dropped the statements. Uh, I've, I've, you know, read a lot. And by the way, <laughs> there's a certain that he frees somewhere, you know, that seems to be putting out a lot of content that keeps a lot of conversation going. Recall when he stared of the issue of tight payment, how legal, how right it is to pay tight and all of that. So religious conversations like this for me are always very sensitive. Now, whatever terms or conditions that involved you being an ordained pastor on the payroll of this particular church. I'm sure these conditions are there. I, well, I know a little about the church, being a product of the school of the church. I've been, you, you know, there's always going to be these church planting things that... I don't know. Just like I said, as much as I would want to have, you know, a discourse about this, I want to avoid it as much as I can. Because yeah, well. the truth is this. Um, when we bring up conversations about religion... It's, it wakes a lot of sentiment around people, and they would interpret it anyhow, yeah, any well, way you look at it. Okay. It's not, it's it's, not, it's, the it's thing not, is, it's not something we continue religion to right avoid. It's, but it's like giving you five naira, and I say, I'm giving you this five naira, bring seven naira back. Maybe we should so go back to business. the times when Jesus uh, gave a parable about the sower and the, the master and the sowers. The one he gave one gift, the one he gave three, the one he gave five, the one that planted to grow, the one that, you know, went to keep his own somewhere. All of these now narratives are obviously parables rather is obviously what is playing out now i think the church has the right to that decision and of course whoever felt aggrieved about it also came out to hear his opinion but nigerians are a very funny set of people by the way (laughs) i've read a lot of narratives about this and i just keep laughing well for me you know uh growing up in north you know the churches that we grew up attending cooking echo i've never heard of cooking echo baptist sucking a pastor because he didn't you know uh, the offer tree was low or, or even Catholic. This is a church growth if index. You hear, if you hear uh, people, you know, I've been especially clergy been is mm. moral uprightness, Up, yeah. yeah, because you're expected to live beyond reproach. But let's leave that at that, you know. Well, a uh, lot of stories. Uh, we talked about, you know, Sunday Igbo already. I'd like to talk about cholera. It is, you know, the death toll has hit 60 right now and cases has, uh, has rise from uh, 698 uh, from 604 in the last 72 hours. Well, uh, I want to say something that is very cheap and uh, very affordable. <laughs> Today I was... You know, Nigeria, we have a very funny um, 
I, I, there's, there's, okay. I'm about to make a very controversial statement. So uh, today I, I, I met someone, you know, together with some friends. And, you know, people think that, you know, their value comes from possession. But for me, I've, you know, uh, in my little time that I've spent on earth, you know, I've seen the high and mighty who have seen life, you know, as nothing. They take life as, you know, what it is. So today I was, I uh, saw some of my friends and I shook, 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 shook. So uh, one guy held back, you know, he was looking at me, oh, why will I just come and shake? And I just thought, you know, I really wanted to withdraw my hand back because I don't know if he has used the restroom without washing his hand <laughs> or that. And immediately I shook him and he looked at me with utter disdain, you know, but immediately I, I wanted to say, well, um, I wanted to really talk to him, but I, you know, I just said, no, uh, it doesn't matter. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, please, in as much as we love to shake hands, you know, remember the Corona days, you know. Wash your hands with running water, even if you don't have running water. We have a bad practice of putting soap into our water and washing it in the same basin and you rinse. No, you're just mixing the disease and making it spread, making the germ, you know, uh, spread. The best thing you can do is, you know, even if you don't have, ask somebody to hold a bowl of water for you and as it drops, you know, you uh, wash your hand. It's just basic hygiene uh, you know, practice. Please, if you finish using the toilet, if you come back from work or school, uh, the first thing you do before even touching food is washing of hands. And be careful, you know, how you uh, use your hands, you know, into your mouth. Some people after food, instead of using a toothpick, you know, they just use their hands to uh, take off the remnants of food, you know, in between their teeth. So it's very important for you to do that, you know, colorize a hat, you know, one uh, Baba, you know, that I knew growing up, and the man was down with color. It's, it's, it's really a deadly, you know, uh, thing. I think survival is not more than 48 hours, if if I'm correct on that. Yeah. Well, we have a guest, and we do have an insert. Let's take this insert. This insert is from Showomi, and he's saying that uh, he doesn't really... I would say, yeah, that's what he said. He said Buhari has contested election thrice and he has lost in all of the times. But when his former alliance with Ashwa Jibola Ahmed Tinubu, he won the election and he said that he doesn't care, uh, you know, what Buhari will do. His only concern is Yahya Bello and uh, Ashwa Jibola Ahmed Tinubu, the Jagaban of Bogu. Stay here when we come back, the conversation will stand. And don't forget, we're talking about the criminal gangs, criminal element, and the farmers have alleged that it is herdsmen, you know, carrying out this nefarious activity. So when we come back, the show will continue. Stay here. So, there are only two people in the APC that give me headache. I'm worried about Governor Ayabelo because of some of the footprints I see him doing, and he's young, he can connect to the right audience. And I am worried about Bola Ahmed Tinubu because I know the huge political infrastructure he has and how many years he's been at this political game. Buhari was not an issue between 2003 to 2011 when he contested three times and he carried his so-called votes all over the place and he was beaten. He was only helped by the efforts of Bola Tinubu. And when I look at how they treat Bola now, it will be interesting to see how they will expect to castrate a man and then expect him to go all the way to help them. But that's their baby. The reason why I said I was a bit worried about Yaya Bello's efforts is that I've seen that of all of them, he's the only one who has been consistently taking steps to try to cut people. I saw him do a media event for journalists. I saw him do another one for political editors. I saw him try to get young people. So if you're looking for the people in the middle, you will think that, okay, I need to be putting my eyes on this guy. And Bola Tinubu, you put your eye on him because you just know the huge infrastructure for politics that he has. But Muhammadu Buhari, I'm not going to wish him away. I'm going to spit him out of my mouth. You know why? He lost three elections all by himself. All right, glad you're still here. The program is Nigeria Sunset on J101.9 here in Jos. We have our guest. My name is Ponsat Fana. By the way, we have Mr. Lawrence Zongo. Good evening, sir, and thank you for coming. Mm, thank you, Ponsat. Yeah. Listeners. 
And okay, me. Thank you all. God bless everyone. Yeah, God bless you too. Thank you. Well, uh, we're going to. Well, I mean, uh, Lawrence, you uh, you are with Amnesty International, you know, and you've been doing right issue for some time now. Uh, talk to us what happened in Miango that uh, farmers woke up, you know, in in the morning and found their crops that you know has grown maize for, because I saw the pictures. And those were, you know, uh, caught. I mean, talk to us what, uh, how, how it happened, and you know what really transpired. Okay, um, I'm the network coordinator of Amnesty International Plateau States, mm. and I'm also a human rights activist. I run a sh- small media called RawWatch.News. RawWatch.News has no agenda. That's one of those things I've been working on. I'm not here to speak for Amnesty International because I'm not mandated for that. Yeah, sure. I'm here to speak as a from the community and also being the manager of Rawatch.news. And Rawatch.news, as we always call it, it has no agenda, but it speaks or reports what matters. And the areas that we've been facing in Basa local government is... Um, let me first say the government being the first time coming out to admit such atrocity. I plus them for the first time, but we pray it's not just a political statement. It's not just for seeing for a media clap of a hand, but we prefer an action. So what, the government has moved you know, down there and you think that they will address the uh, issues? Yes, quite okay. They've not done enough because they didn't go down there to see. It was due to the um, action by top social media influencers in the community like David Mallison and the rest mm. that have been speaking using their social media handles and condemning such um, atrocities going on. It does what actually moves and also comments some of the top radio stations like JFM2 have been doing a lot too. I believe such listening and statement I read from Vanguard News, Punch, I believe these are some of those things that make the governor to even get to know and see something for the first time throughout such atrocities going on in Uruguay Chiefdom in Basel local government. And even in Riam. So, I mean, what happened? Is it like a reprisal attack or... Uh, was it that you know something really happened? Uh, like you know the al- the allegation from the farmers basically is that herdsmen you know come in the night and cut their uh, you know crops. Uh, talk to us. What actually is is it just a sheer you know act of wickedness or you know uh, they're in turn um, fighting back you know wrong that was done to them? I'm talking about the herdsmen now. They've killed people in Basa local government. Riam local government, Barkin Ladi, part of just south. They've killed those farmers and reduced the strength for them to the high rate of labor. It has been reduced drastically. And going back to that also, they go ahead now destroying the farms. There's nothing like reprisal or coming or there's something done to them. They raise up with propagandas and such things has no facts or evidence to prove it of their cows. And no one can verify and say this is what happened to them. So the area to say that is a reprisal, not sure is true because almost all the areas, I was in Gashish, I was in Rob district, I saw all these places that they've chased these people out there grazing their cattle without the consent of the paramount rulers or the district head of such communities. It's the same thing too in Miango district and also part of the Uruguay chiefdom whereby they forcefully send these people out from their community where places like Rosu is one of the biggest places that Nobody is there, but they are using that place for grazing without permission. To tell you, um, you can't use someone's grass without asking him. Who knows, maybe he has been watering that grass to use it for another economical purpose. We can use it to roof our houses that they've born, but they didn't understand that. We kind of, most of these rural communities, 
depend on some of these grasses for our another economical use also. So we didn't see any reason for someone to go to a community without permission, without consent, claiming freedom of movement. You can't move into someone's community, place of an abbot, without permission, after you using guns and send that person away. Um, one thing that I was kind of reading over what the situation going on. There is an area of to deprive people to their land, not just to destroy or cut that down. That is what you're reading, you know, that yes. is yours as a right activist. That's what, yes. You know. To deny them to their own land heritage is one of the basic things. Because once if they do that, they will have a very big portion of land. And they will scare people not to go to farm. I was kind of discussing, I said, going to farm today is just like committing suicide because definitely you'll be killed. Yeah, so. not not only, you know, in Plateau, we have it in the northeast where 43 rice farmers were, uh, you know, sleeted. They, they were caught, you know, like chickens, you know. Yes. So that's how, so that's, um, the area of Boko Haram now in that regard is actually different from what is going, but they're kind of... Um, three witches going on together, the bandits, the Boko Haram, and the Fulani headsmen. But one thing that the, the two tiers of judgment in Nigerian authority has made a two tiers of judgment to say that they call them terrorists, the three witches. They should be referred as terrorists. Once if you refer them that these are terrorist mm -hmm. group, because someone that will come and kill you is not after anything, he's a terrorist. Okay. Well, talk to us about whether you've reported or the farmers have organized themselves in a group to report to uh, the local government authorities and what have they done, you know, uh, with the report and uh, what's the... What is Rural Watch, basically, your organization doing, uh, you know, to press demands, you know, for justice to this, you know, uh, poor farmers? Yeah, as I said, Rural Watch, that news has no agenda. And one of the basic critical things that we are doing at Rural Watch is to raise the awareness first. And also we're taking petitions and also um, making documentation with an organization, International Committee on Nigeria ICON, um, the publishers of Silence Laughter Nigeria. We look into areas where this atrocity going on and they're not reported. And we're looking at an angle because most of these areas are Christian-dominated areas. There's area that they want to um, deny Christians access to freedom of worship. Yeah, but, you know, it happens to Muslims and people of other faiths as well. So let's keep the conversation at that instead of a Christian or Muslim or any other yeah, faith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why I will raise this area because um, I was in actually that area of Borno to know details on why are they also attacking Muslims. These are Muslims that don't believe with extremists they were being attacked and killed. I have facts, interview, and also documentation on those area. And we're not just kind of looking at um, once if we are looking at um, the religious freedom in code. We're not just looking at Christian that everyone should be allowed to practice take, to practice his own faith. His own choice. If I'm equal, I should practice it as an equal. Nobody should force me to practice it as, an, as a Catholic. So the same thing with the Muslim tribesmen too. They should allow each and everyone to do his practice accordingly. And so the areas of the farming to coming into farming, once if they deny them to food, they will also they won't have access to place of worship. You have to be well fed before you go and worship. And the the basic issues going there, people will not look at because will not look at those areas holistically, just thinking that it's just farm destruction, but there's a target. There is an agenda towards it that working towards destabilizing Christian community and not only that, not only that, not to, 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 to bring more poverty in such areas, towards the situation of poverty. I read the Uruguay Development, Uruguay Youth Movement um, press statement too, which I'm also a member of the team. They lost more than two billion naira within this period. 
Irish potatoes have been destroyed already. On farms. On farms. Maize has been destroyed already. More than 700 people lost their own farms within this period. About two to 5,000 hectares of land, many could not have access to it. Farmers were being killed who have been major kind of a breadwinner of a family that they are the one to farm. They have been killed. And I was kind of, um, I, last year I followed President Mahmoud Buhari's statement where he kind of only says that the middle men were the cause of the full um, shortages of, shortage of food. Hiking price. Hiking price. That time I was using my Twitter. I immediately I retweet it. I said, no, his tribesmen are cause because they are the ones killing farmers. They kill farmers, so the rate of labor has been reduced. And apart from that, again, farms have been caught and they've denied people from going to farm due to scared of um, ambush going on daily. I, and I was so much happy to see this year Salah message. He has to include it in his message. I said, wow, it's a plus two. It's something that he is also knowing what is going on. So the negligence of the authority is wasn't the impunity in the country. If actually the, the government would be proactive to each and every situation going on, it will help to tell you um, some of this issue that even from the grassroots, those in authority don't speak for those people they've elected them. Mm. They say nothing. They keep moms over it. From to say so from local my local government uh, authorities the, aren't doing much. My local government, or even the House of Reps, House of Assembly member. Yeah, they will only kind of. Um, I didn't see more petitions coming out from the government, from the authority, even from the state house of assembly. We didn't see more petitions. They were only misstatement so that their political client to post and say that, yes, social person is doing something. But they're not taking actions that will prove. Taking action was arresting the Perpetrators. Perpetrators. Arrest them. Now, uh, let's talk about, um, you, you made mention of the negligence of the authorities now in trying to, uh, you know, being often reactive rather than being proactive and across the places where all of this had happened whether in Bruno, in Benue, on the plateau, in Zamfara, you know, in Nasarawa, government had been making statements which a lot of us are used to, you know, hearing but talk to us about how you want to rate the uh, let me say reconciliation effort of the government. You made mention of the fact that land is very important as extra property. You can't just come to my land and take it away from me like that. So for those ones that have uh, you know lost their land and lost their homes, lost their villages, I mean, you need to check the number of people, the number of IDP camps we have in this country, the deplorable situation at which people are living in these IDP camps, and the people that sent them to these IDP camps are being re rehabilitated back in to the society, the government is not is not concerned about the people in IDP camps. Can you talk to us about how you feel with the dimension at which the government is going about it? I mean, you say you want to rehabilitate someone back to the society. What about those people that that person has hurt? You come into a family, you kill the father, you kill the mother, you kill the sister, you leave only the child, only the son, and the son grows up and sees you on the streets without his own emotional you know, needs being met, his psychological condition. Talk to us about how you think the government had fared in this issue, in this regard. Do you think they've been fair enough? Yeah, the government is never fair enough, and they're not doing enough to ensure justice. I first say the justice system in Nigeria is actually one-sided, and the, the two tiers of the judgment is one of the reasons that we're actually facing challenges. Once if they say justice should be done to someone, we're not just calling on just justice by hearsaying and kind of coming out to a press statement, just talk on the media and just speak, that's all. We're looking at how to bring these people and kind of what effort of um, areas of compensation. And sometimes I don't look at compensation should be enough because even as a farmer destroying his farm, what he's supposed to get, you don't know. And you can't come and give just a mere compensation and say that, yes, you have done a lot because this would, this would not bring to an end of this. It's not the flanny man that destroyed this farm that is paying the compensation. It's mm. the government. We should see an area that impunity should end by arresting and also 
taking um, lifetimes in prison, and also a law should be given in Plateau State, most especially on open grazing. If open grazing will be end, is a practical way to ensure this justice. Stop open grazing. If you want to graze in someone's land, go and seek permission to the traditional council, and there should be kind of um, a, a, a decentralized law system of government. You should make a law within your community that will suit your community, that everyone should use it. I made total analysis on how many people are they benefiting from this flood in their own state. They own their state and nobody can also have that access. Why not also, they should go and graze in their own state too. They should graze it. It's not that we're denying someone because due to their act of terrorism, what they are doing, so it's kind of, it's very alarming to say that allow these people to continue grazing and doing such 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 act criminal elements exactly i mean we've so got we to say that exactly the way it is now let's talk about collaboration between uh, you know government and uh, you know civil society or ngos or international ngos in in whatever case it is um it's 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 a well-known fact that a lot of efforts, a lot of you know responsibilities are being carried by NGOs in terms of uh, you know attending to the welfare needs of people that have been displaced, whether in the northeast, down south, the middle belt, even southwest. Now, talk to us about the collaboration. You're coming from that school, of, from that uh, you know circle. Now, what has been the response of the government? I've spoken to a lot of people, uh, NGOs uh, members, and they'll come out and say, "Oh, the government is not." responsive uh, when it comes to ideas when they bring ideas or they do their own independent research they submit it to the government there's no response have you you know at some point had to engage the government and what have been the response from the government as regards collaborating with ngos yeah um during the international freedom summits i believe there are a lot of issues have been raised from leah foundation gloria also made a statement towards leah Sharubu, and also we have Bishop Mati Kuka raise a statement. These, um, these are actors, key actors in the international community from the religious body point of view, who, stood, who are standing for religious freedom so far. And the government don't want anything to be exposed to that level. They will just kind of look at that person as if it's inciting, it's an incitement or kind of um, not saying good things to the government. I have a one-on-one -on -one interaction with Kuka. I know he's someone that like both religion, but mm. but they've kind of um, disorganized him, criticized him for coming out saying the truth. I remember there was a time that Amnesty International bring out his own report, Harvest of Death. There was a lot of um, issues raised on it. They criticized the efforts of um, Amnesty International. A lot of the data were questioned. Yeah, they were just, they, they didn't kind of, and such organizations, they're not just to, they're not there to undermine or sabotage the effort of the government, but to tell the Nigerian people, this is what is going on. And they always give recommendation. One thing that with the government, don't go into such recommendation. They only read the reports, but they don't go into recommendation. Mm. So that they should know what to do. Um, Harvest of Death is one of the basic reports that has good recommendation that if Nigerian government will love to follow such recommendation. It will help. The report on Silence Lauta Nigeria too, these are reports that has to carry out information of attacks on places whereby it has not been published. Nobody even knew about it. Ponsa went to some of these places using the eyewitness atrocity apps. Mm. He went to some of these places that nobody even knew. So if you ask some of the, ask even um, the chairman of the local government, do you know the name of this community? He will tell you he don't know. So, but once if they raise such report and also give recommendation, they are not after the recommendation. They just look into the report. In fact, the government of the day makes us to be human rights defenders become enemy of the military. Mm. But yet, we are the human rights side. We look at into areas, how can we read civil-military relations mm. towards engaging the military too, and mm. also the respect of human rights. So it's actually so much basic areas that they should look into so that our report should be so much very significant, should be so very important. The next report that Raw Watch has no agenda working on is actually on governed spaces. 
these are places that I, I would like you maybe uh, we're going to invite you sometime because I, I don't I can't wrap my head around that idea called ungoverned spaces <laughs> I can't wrap you know my head you know around that idea <laughs> well uh, we've been having a chat with uh, Mr. Lauren Zongo he's with Amnesty International but he's not here this evening speaking on behalf of for Amnesty International uh, so he's speaking uh, based on his capacity we've done a lot of great work with him in the past you know uh, and you know that is why you know if people call this show and uh, say some certain things and you know at times I kind of lose it because I for people you know just second guess for most people who call they've not seen you know the atrocities you know that these people leave uh, the criminal gangs you know leave behind I've been you know in communities I've worked with several communities across Plateau State even you know most of the times my life is at risk but you know I my family doesn't know you know but I'll just go do my thing and come back you know uh, prepare the report you know and send so you can join the conversation zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight Four eight or you call zero nine zero We have Mr. Laurie Zongo here with us, and we're talking about you know the uh, consistent. I mean, there's a pattern to it. Uh, criminal elements who go into the farmlands, go into farms, you know, in the night, cut down you know crops just for farmers to wake up in the morning and see that uh, their labor is in vain. Uh, so. And there's prediction that Nigeria will face food scarcity and shortages. Just mm. last year, the president uh, said that, you know, he blamed middlemen for the hiking cost of a price of food. Uh, but again, just I, I think it was last year, early last this year, year, we saw last how year. yeah 43 farmers, you know, their throats were uh, cut out, you know, rice farmers. And the presidency came out to say that they needed uh, permission to go into their farms. It didn't sit down well with a lot of Nigerians and uh, even watchers and observers of the Bari administration. You can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 90 Let's take the first call. Hello and good evening. Sorry about that. 90 Five five six 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 nine nine. Let's take this. Hello, good evening. Thanks for calling. Hello, good evening. Thank, Thank you, you for calling. Much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling from Kitian T Junction. Thanks for calling, Sadiq. Uh, join the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. I want to comment your guest. You have spoken well on the issue. Are But when we check about spirit about the issue of crazy. Actually, what is happening with the testing or the planning now in particular? That's very, very unfortunate because of most of the crime that has been happening and because of the arrest. Because any arrest that has been made, you will now realize that yes, there are the planning and it's very, very clear. Government have known that, like the person of Shokumi, have known their location, have been here talking to them. And there's not any action that has been put or any force that the government has been put. But it's only in terms of being a ransom. And that is to say that they're putting more energy on, on that. That's to say that there's not just the issue. But if the government will treat the issue of this kidnapping and banditry the way it takes the issue of people and calling, that is a very, very complimentary one. Yeah, thank because they you. know where they are. The government can go there and arrest them, and it's very, very good. Everybody will know that yes, they are being arrested. But that's not, that's not to say that the government are not trying on the other side. But the only thing is that they will need justice, and we will, we will say justice. Thank you. Thank you, Sadiq. So that people in the community will understand that yes, the government are doing something. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Sadiq. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, both lines are up and running, so we'd like to hear from you. 90 Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening, Pontac. Thanks for calling. Tell us your name and join the conversation, please. Thank you very much. I'm Comrade Antibas Solomon. Thank you for calling. I'm calling from... Thank you very much. I'm calling from Baoshi Junction. Well, listening. Uh, yeah, the guests have spoken well. Honestly, I like what he said. You know, the truth is that uh, the way the government is handling we Nigerians, 
as if that we are not the, we are not part of the country. You see, the candidate is that uh, Nigeria will die in silence because we are full of sacrifices. Our leaders are going outside the country telling the whole world that Nigeria is living well. While to me, as an individual, Nigeria is very sick. Nigeria is sick. Look at what is happening in this country. If Nigeria will keep quiet waiting for this leader, this set of leaders, to, to, to rescue us from what is, where is going on today, for me, we will die in silence. And Nigeria will be history. Imagine, if you look at it, they just let me show something, and I had no saying that even the other side too. Can you come up and tell me, Mr. Pozak, that a, plan, a crop that was planned and was damaged, caught by some set of people, and he was trying to say, you say, other side. Can you tell me one, even any Muslim man that was, his, was caught on, uh, on the farm? You know, let us just be calling, let us call it spread and spread. People are the terror of this country, and they now refuse. They, they refuse to, 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 to caution them. And we will just instead of them, this government to bring anybody to book. Let We need human rights commission and human rights activists to bring this government to justice. They got, there is injustice too much in this government. This administration is trying to, 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 to turn Nigeria into a label that we don't want it. This, that was not why we elected this set of people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Help us. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, let's take Facebook. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss. Uh, you can drop your comments. Uh, we take as much as we can take on the show today. Okay. Um, this one is coming in from Ezekiel Best Morigbi. And he says the government has all it takes to bring the perpetrators to justice. Uh, but the question is this why are they still moving freely? Uh, destroying lands without a single arrest. Uh, because these criminals' locations are known, or do we still refer to them as men as unknown? If these things continue and farmers cannot go to farm, we may buy a moody of beans at 1,500. Uh, God forbid you say. Okay. Albert Daxer says the relationship between the herders and farmers is one that shouldn't have friction because of the symbiotic nature of the two. But the devil has taken dominance to the extent of such evil on farm food crops. So for me, uh, there's no form of punishment done to the perpetrators of such acts. If at all they would ever be brought to book, uh, they won't do the harm that have been done. Uh, the government across board and angels need to, be, to do more and more in order to restore the good relationship that once existed. Uh, okay, good evening. God bless Nigeria. Thank you. Ajank Agnes says, well, on this issue, I don't think the government would do anything to the perpetrators because we don't have confidence in them. They have failed. It's only God that will help and save us from the heartless and cruelest leaders that we have in this nation. A lot of innocent souls have gone and no one to help us because of injustice in this nation. Let us wait and see whether the leaders would help us or not. But don't let us give up on this country. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, from Principal Joseph Melumo, he says, It's high time for Plato State government to wake up from slumber and address the issue of farm destruction. To avoid hunger and food crisis in the states and beyond, let strict law be made uh, to treat the criminals in the language they understand. Stand, since they are not ghosts, enough is enough. Ayodele Agbabi account Facebook says the government should try and secure the farms of farmers in Ibasa and other local government areas. Uh, for the love of God, with the hashtag Love GFM. Thank you. How on earth would you expect the government to arrest headsman when their grandpit? Oh, okay. Uh, I won't take that. Kennedy Damagong, thank you for the message anyway. Kassan Benedict John says, It's rather unfortunate that this evil uh, is very prevalent across the country. I doubt the credence of the government at all levels to bring the perpetrators to justice. I would advise local farmers to devise a defense mechanism uh, to protect their farms. Uh, for any justice with the present government to arrest or prosecute a full animal is a joke to me because their own is the head of of the state and the law enforcement are afraid to arrest them. Uh, Felkuka Factors go on is saying the destruction of these farmlands are direct to Fulani's activities. A farmer or his brother cannot do this act, considering the cost of fertilizer 
and they know that very well. Uh, okay, I think I have to cut some message from the Ashi Achtong Ayinga says, I believe you know quite well that these headsmen are doing that because they know that the so called government can't go after them for the act of inhumanity committed by them. I believe to an extent that these headsmen are somehow connected to the so called government for protection. The only headsmen are above the laws of this country and it is happening in this regime. Fel Cooker Factors again says, uh, It's not right to go extra miles to arrest Kano and Igbo, but those disturbing us at the backyard will not be arrested. Then the DSS and the other law enforcement agencies should reduce their heights to see things close to them on the ground. Moses Yaro. Our penal sanctions for perpetrators of heinous crimes within Nigeria has been meted on unfortunate people. The truth is this, that the government over the years had intentionally refused to be proactive in order to avert impending attacks by this criminal. Pius Manjik Bakji says, It's rather sad that the government has ignored this act of man's inhumanity to man. We pray for visionary leaders in this country. I mean, God continue to help us. Prince Kire, if you said justice, I don't think we have justice in this country. Our perpetrators are perpetrating freely for so long, and the government has lacked the ability to provide justice to the people affected. Let me tell you, the government can give what they don't have. Okay. Yeah, well, let's go back to the phone lines. Hello and good evening. Oops, we got too late. Both lines are up and running, so we'd like to hear from you. 0909-884-8848 or you call 090-556-6699. Hi, good evening. Thank you. Oh, don't know what's happening. Well, maybe Mr. Lawrence, you'd like to respond. Uh, people seem to uh, lose confidence. You know, is that good for your work as a human rights activist that people don't have confidence in their government? And if they do, I mean, how would how do you expect your uh, findings based on research and data that you've collated on right abuses get addressed uh, by the government? A good human rights activist and a defender, he celebrates when things are done right, when things are done correctly the way it's supposed to be, and when justice it has been presented. And when I see the fact-checking of justice, I celebrate a lot. I sleep very well. Most nights I don't sleep because of injustice in the country going on daily. And the high rate of impunity, no one would like to, to, to be happy with the government. I always say that everyone is a human rights defender. As far as all those they are saying they're human rights defenders, I, I heard that someone was saying that human rights defenders should come up. You are an activist. Just be active. The way you are active is not just a title, but it's an action that you do that makes it to be that. So I think it's now time that we should tell the country, end all forms of impunity. There is nothing wrong for us to protest over all these things. There's nothing wrong to use our social media and speak it to the government, even though we're not here. Let's do all our best. Thank God for Sowari. He's doing all his best to ensure that Bwari not to even go to London at any time. He does all his activism to stop him. I'm also doing my own to our said no, stop him from going to medical bills anywhere because he's not giving us our own medical bills in the country. We're suffering in this country. Why would he go and enjoy outside? Why? So there are a lot of issues that we need to address it in the country. And to take it also, the governor of the state is now becoming blind. We pray that we'll have a prophet that will pray for him to see what is going on. And we don't want to insult... You feel, you, you feel that he doesn't care about what is happening, he, especially he as don't. chairman of Northern Governors Forum? Yeah, being the chairman of the Northern... Look at all this... Um, 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 effort he has to do the the kind of but at least to his state charity begins at home and there's something with my organization that will tell you that you start with your community see how you what did you do for your community will you go outside to just do that so what has been doing in 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 plateau state first what is he doing to ensure justice i always comment Governor Autumn, he speaks for his people, despite he's not actually making it. Yeah, we understand the Nigerian politics of opposition, but he's speaking. We want such the same thing in our state. All right, let's take the last call and show. I hope it works. Hello. Uh, anytime I say last, it's like this phone is a word to anything last. 
maybe uh, next time I'll say first. But Lawrence, give us your parting words. I mean, what uh, what is your call to uh, farmers? You know that are counting. I saw a picture that tore my heart apart. You know, uh, a woman. You know, in Riom local government because there was a fact check that I did. It was reported to be in Riom local government, and she just stood just alone in her farms counting her losses and she was filled with grief and uh, emotions you know she, I, I mean there wasn't any way she could start expressing how she felt you know mm-hmm. at the time talk to us about you know what will you tell you know the people you know especially farmers in in, in rural communities yeah um, my project is actually strictly to the rural community, and I want to tell them that they have more of defenders standing for them, not just only for their own interests, but for the interests of all. We're not just speaking just here, but we're also calling and petition the Nigerian government and the authority. They should keep in facts, details, and also give us some... Um, um, documentation. They should document what is going on in their community and give it for us. And whenever we're coming for to interview them, they should give us that privilege to get facts for finding and facts checking on what is going on. And they should have confidence in us and trust us in giving us information. They should not feel like there's anything late towards justice. There's no too late for justice. Any justice denied, we stand for it. We push for that justice until we ensure there is justice. When there is no any other thing, we'll bring them all from their rural areas. We'll come and protest with them. Together we'll protest. with just just the protest that is going to be um, here, just within the state. And also speaking to the state government and the federal government. If this will continue, there will be no Nigeria tomorrow. Thank you very much for your parting word, Mr. Lawrence Zogo. Open me your final word. Well, I just, uh, you know, hope that the Plateau State Government would, uh, in a, a way, and again, look into uh, the time for the burning of tricycle. I remember a couple of years back, I had the privilege of spending a couple of months in Kano, and uh, if you look at the metropolitan nature of that state and how they've been able to organize their tricycle system, then you understand the fact that, um, yes, there are evidences. I mean, I've been a victim of this twice, of being robbed in a tricycle. Uh, but I feel the government can, you know, create alternatives. Most of these cabs that are working now, they're not even registered. They're not numbered. Anybody can just put cabs on the road because by, se- by 6.59 everywhere is empty. Even small businesses are getting affected and because nobody comes out to patronize them again. I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the advisory committee or the team to the governor would look into this and just try to ease off the stress or the pressure of all of these are uh, on plateau people. And once again, we still have COVID that we're battling with. And again, we have cholera that we're dealing with. We've just got to be careful. Good evening. Stay out of trouble. Bye for now. Yeah, well, uh, one of the things that I do, you know, aside from walking in a radio station, I love music. And if, you know, I'm going to come back, you know, uh, second life, you know, it, it to be music. I'll be a musician and not singing, but, you know, maybe playing the guitar or drums or whatever it is. I'm going to play this song is by, after the commercials, is by Shade Adu. I want you to pay attention to how Born the Boy extrapolated, you know, uh, with her sound and, you know, in his record that won him a Grammy, the title of the record that, you know, that he took from Shadi's Sweetest Taboo, and he created this record called Time Flies featuring Saudi Soul. Uh, so that's some uh, music lesson. So have a good evening and stay tuned to the news top of the hour, 6 o'clock. Thank you very much, Lawrence Ongo, for coming. Have a good Thank evening. You. Um, Thank you. God bless. God, God bless, God bless you. Um, I'm so happy, you know, you're charitable with your good prayers. Continue mm-hmm. that. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 